Blog Talk Radio. Kia ora and welcome to the Have to Travel Show. I am your host, Helen Browns from Cruise Planners. And I am super excited because our first show of the year, well, first of all, Happy New Year. Um, I am super excited today because we have Kristen Day from International Expeditions back with us today. If you will recall, in um, it was either November or December, we had her on the air and we were talking about one-of-a-kind itineraries that she does with Zegram. And But today she's back to talk about the Galapagos and I can't wait to talk to her about it. Um, we actually did a video and once it's all been checked out and had all of the little bits and pieces done to it that you need done to it, we then um, will hopefully be releasing that so you'll be able to see the two of us having a talk about the Galapagos there as well. But today we are going to be talking about the Galapagos. So Kristen, welcome back to the show. It is so awesome that you have made time for us today. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure, Helen, and hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. I am thrilled to be here, and I was so happy to uh, to be with Helen earlier when we did our fabulous video, so, um, so yes, I'm excited for you guys to see that, too. And it is a real uh, treat for um, for me, honestly, to just very selfishly indulge in, uh, and share the Galapagos voyage with international expeditions with you guys tonight. I, I had the pleasure of actually going on it with my entire family um, in May of, uh, of last year. So I have some uh, some firsthand uh, perspective and just some really great um, and, and unique things that make international expeditions a great option to go see the Galapagos. So um, so thank you. That's awesome. Now one thing I almost forgot to mention was that we actually have the chat window open. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask us live on the air, you can actually click on the chat button, go in there, leave your question there. We can ask Kristen the question live on the air for you. Or if you go to our Facebook page, Have to Cruise, it's H-A-V-E, the number two, Cruise, and you can uh, message me that way as well. Both windows are open. I'm monitoring them. So if you have a question, feel free to pop in there, send us a message one way or the other with your question, and we will be more than happy to ask Kristen your question about the Galapagos. So, Kristen, the Galapagos, um, something to do with Darwin, I know. Um, <laughs> I've never been there. I've always wanted to go. Um, but it does have something to do with the Darwin thing, and I was reading that earlier. It's known as Darwin's Enchanted Isles. So what can yeah. and the thing that you have, that, the thing that is so cool is that you have been there and you have experienced it. So you're going to be able to tell our, our listeners some of the amazing things that they are going to, including me since I haven't been there yet, um, things that they're going to get to experience when they go to the Galapagos. So tell us about the Galapagos. Oh, gosh. And that what a dangerous opening question. Oh, well, we <laughs> have, it. We have an hour today. <laughs> I extended our show just because I knew you were going to be on here, and last time it flew by, so we have a whole hour it today. Did. It did. Thank you. Um, well, gosh, you know what, what makes the Galapagos, I think, one of the just most uh, probably popular, you know, quote-unquote bucket list items and, and trips that, uh, you know, multi-generational families want to take together is that it is truly such a unique tiny corner and pocket of our globe because of uh, what Darwin discovered himself is that while it's um, really a very small area of the globe as a whole, um, the species that are there are 
show just extraordinary differences just island to island. Even though they're in the same part of the sea, it's the same country, and it's the same part of the globe. But if you look at a um, a land tortoise in between all the different islands that are there, a land tortoise from the island of Santa Cruz um, has different characteristics than a land uh, a, a land tortoise from the island of you know Isabella, Fernandina, Santiago, any of the other ones, because um, Mother Nature has just been very clever, as she quite honestly always is, um, and she has let them adapt to that specific island's resources. So, um, wow, our naturalists, yeah, it's really cool. And I, I know, um, I, I hope secretly that our awesome naturalist guides, Bully and Alex and Christina, don't listen to me right now because I hope I get this right. <laughs> but when they, we won't tell them when they were, know you're on the air. <laughs> I know when they were trying to, you know, really explain like how amazing these differences are. Uh, I'm going to use an example, and I apologize in advance if my actual facts are off, but the but the point of the story is spot on, and it is take uh, the just the beak of a um, of a finch, right? So there's a bird that's mm-hmm. there, and there are different types of plants. Uh, available for as a food source for them. Uh, some of them are just things that they can, you know, nip off easily, and some actually, I don't remember the name of the specific plant, but there's one that has a, a nut or a berry, and it's actually a little bit more difficult to, to get into and actually get the nutrients from it. So even though it's the same species of a finch, their beaks are adapted differently so that they can take advantage of the food source that is on their island. So um, some beaks might be really just cool. short. I know exactly. I know it's how smart Mother Nature is. Their beaks might be sort of short and um, you know wider, so they can just sort of get right into the the plant and just go after it. And the ones that have to really kind of like, okay, I gotta actually like pick the berries or get to the nuts, and then I have to crack them open, and I have to you know get the juice out of them. They have an entirely different sort of ergonomic uh, you know aspect to their beak. It's completely differently shaped because they have a different food source. So what Darwin saw is that, wait a minute, this is the same species, but look at the differences. And he noticed it a lot in the, um, I believe it was uh, the the birds, but also you see it truly in the in the land tortoises. You see it in their shells. And I think mm-hmm. for someone like me, it's it's easier to notice because they're such a large creature. You can go, oh, okay, no, I get it now. Look at look at his shell and look at his shell. They really are different, and they're different. So the in shells shape. alter from different from islands. Yeah, exactly. And you know, wow. it, it's just it's just amazing to me that uh, it, it's the same species, but Mother Nature, over the course of time, has allowed them to adapt to their very specific and immediate resources and let them survive based on what they need. So I just think that's amazing. Obviously. You know, we're, they're they're forced to do this, and because they can't just swim to the next island and take advantage mm-hmm. of the different plants, the different food sources. So it's kind of you know, make it or not make it kind of thing. Um, but I I just think, you know, and I, to- I terribly oversimplified it, but that's the general idea. And it as you really start to look at the differences, and it's true in the the flora and fauna as well as the the species of animals and um, and wildlife and birds. It's just amazing how something can really truthfully adapt and be successful. And I remember walking on the lava flow fields um, on, uh, where were we, on uh, Santiago Island in Sullivan Bay, and you would see these amazing, just, just all the eye could see is just 
all the lava flows. And I'm talking lava flows, Helen. It's it's mind-blowing. It's literally mm-hmm. like an ocean of lava. And if you look at it, you can clearly see every single ripple that was flowing 15 million years ago. But you're standing on it now. <laughs> and it's wow. not hot anymore, thank goodness. Um, but then all of a sudden, <laughs> and it's just black lava everywhere, right? And all of a sudden, you see this blip. You see this little this little green plant just that found a crack, right, in the lava, and it found a way to find sun and water source, and it's doing great. And you think, how can anything survive in a lava field, which is just literally lava, which, you know, you've seen lava before. It's, it's mm-hmm. really not very hospitable. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's not. Really, yeah, it's really not rather a place that you expect to find anything green at all. So when you when you really sort of open your mind to it and you listen to the naturalists and have Bully and Alex and Christina take you through all of these nuances. And again, it's across the board. It's not just like one bird got lucky and they got all the different ad- adaptations. It, it's like everyone adapted to this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, awesome. and it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Now, so we've talked about the finches and the land tortoises and the difference between those on the different um, islands. And I actually found in one of the brochures that I have here, there's actually a picture of the finches with their beaks. So, And you can see the differences in their beaks. And it's quite, as you were talking about them, I was like, wow, I can actually see the difference here because I'm looking at them. Um, I am so happy to hear that because it means I got it right. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd like to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, I was paying attention. So they'll be very happy to hear that. But, yeah, you can actually see a difference in their beak. One's got a smaller beak and one has a larger beak. But apart from that, you know, their head looks the same except for the beak size. Now, there's a wide variety of different plants and fauna and mammals and birds and sea life and all of that. So when you went on the um, on the expedition with your family in, was it May last year? March, May. Oh. And it was an M month. Mm-hmm. Um, May. May. Okay. So, what was um, take a walk us through a day um, on the expedition as to what it was like, what you saw, what you experienced. Oh, because I know they have awesome. they have lots of fun days. Oh my gosh, yes. And I'll you know what I'll do? I'm going to take you um, on my on my Española Island day because that day was that was just an awesome day because it had so much packed into one. So. There are parts of the day that I'll walk you through that are going to be true every day, and those are mm-hmm. the cadence of, you know, we wake up. Um, and I remember it being fairly reasonable. I honestly can't give you an exact hour, but I think breakfast maybe was at 8. It, it seemed very civilized because I know in our Amazon cruise we have, kind of have to wake you up a lot earlier. <laughs> and, and this seemed very civilized to me that it was 8. So I'm going to take a guess um, that it's around 8. Um, but then we get up and we have an a amazing breakfast on board. And I do have to take a second just to tell you, um, oh, sorry, breakfast is at 7. Sorry about that. I just found my agenda at 7. See, it's less civilized than I thought. But that's good because the wildlife is active in the morning, so you want to get up early. Um, well, but I the food on board. a civilized hour. It, it is. <laughs> I think it's terribly civilized. It's it's light out, right? Um, yeah. But, no, it's, it's, uh, it's fun because uh, it's good, strong coffee, but uh, for me, which I love. But, honestly, it's. I don't know, I don't think the crew ever sleeps. Um, when you wake up, you just have this amazing, uh, you know, breakfast buffet, and they have everything. They have really local stuff, like, and I'm talking, they just got the fruit. They just squeezed this amazing passion fruit juice or mango juice Yum. or, 
you know, I mean, just guava juice. I mean, you name it. They have it, and it is fresh, 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 because they literally just made it for you before you sat down. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have, you know, your comfort food. If you're a pancakes and syrup kind of person, you could, you know, you can expect that or eggs. But I love that they give you a little bit of everything. So one day you might feel adventurous and say, I'm going to have an Ecuadorian breakfast and, you know, just dive into the local fare. And one day you might be like, you know what? All I want are my Rice Krispies and a nice glass of orange juice. And you can have that yep. too. So, uh, so, awesome. so to make sure you're well fed. Um, and then we kind of zoom off in the Zodiac. And on the Española Day... It was really fun because um, Española is the island where they have the um, the really high cliffs that you walk along, and it was the day that we saw, um, well, we saw them actually several times up close, but I remember this day probably because the scenery was just so stunning. Um, we saw blue-footed boobies super, super, super up close and personal, which were hilarious. Um, we <laughs> saw the Nazca booby, which never gets any press because their poor feet are just boring black. Um, but they are stunning, stunning creatures, and I wish they would get a little bit more media time than our than our funny friend, the blue-footed booby, because uh, they deserve it. So and which then, one's that uh, one that the has the black? Is, so that so the black the, one is the black-footed one's the same the as the Nazca blue-footed booby. Okay. Yeah, the Nazca booby is the blue um, one. He's a stunner. Nazca booby is um, black and white, but they have a black sort of mask around their eyes, and then really their head and neck. And the upper part of their of their body is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful white, and I'm talking white, 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 like Hello Clorox. Boy, there's not a speck of dirt on that guy. Um, wow. And then he has the black, black, black feathers again um, on his tips of his wings and sort of on the lower part of his body. And uh, the way it all, you know, the way he just the, the contrast is he's a stunner, um, but he's mm-hmm. not as as. Uh, doesn't have the same personality as a blue-footed booby or the or the famous blue blue-webbed feet, but I think the Nazca booby is just amazing. Um, and then, of course, we saw the albatross. Uh, so, an Española, you, you you know, you go on the we get off the main ship, which is the Evolution. We zoom over on our panga, which is sort of another word for zodiac, um, an amazing and very necessary tool to explore these these particular lands. We uh, mm-hmm. we had a dry landing, which means we were able to um, get the panga off on a, um, a a dry part of the land where we stepped directly off of the panga, directly onto dry land. We did not have to do a wet landing, which is when you do it on the beach. And then we, cool. um, you know, we had a little tiny little dock area there where we could um, sort of park the panga, for lack of a better word. And then we began <laughs> our hike. And <laughs> I know it's, you're the only ones on the island. Very, so you're very, like, okay, very technical. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, of course. Yeah, and I hope again they're not listening. Um and then we started our hike and I and it was really deceiving because you know you you pull up to this part of Española and you think, "Oh, this is really beautiful." But you you were on the opposite side of where the cliffs are because obviously we couldn't begin to oh. do a dry landing <laughs> at the base of the cliff. So you haven't seen the cliffs yet and your mind isn't really ready to understand what it is you're about to see. And then mm-hmm. as Alex was bringing us up and we were just chatting and we were looking at all, you know, we uh, seriously, we must have gone every 10 feet. You know, we saw something great and we would stop and he would talk, tell us about it. But all of a sudden we were looking down because we kept looking at the boobies and we were watching them and the Nazca boobies. And then he's like, guys, look up. <laughs> so we look up <laughs> and all of a sudden we're like, oh, my goodness. And he had really brought us to this perfect perching point you know, close close to the cliff, but not at the cliff. And 
all of a sudden it was just all blue water and these stunners of a cliff. Um, and then the blowholes were what were what was really a joy for us to see because you, you just didn't, again, you didn't really know what to expect. So what happens is the way the currents and the, the tide and the cliffs all work together and the winds, um, when the sea bangs up against the, uh, again, very technical, bangs up against the cliff, um, <laughs> it, it makes an incredibly powerful impact and it basically creates exactly what looks like a, a whale's blowhole and it makes a, oh, geez, I forget the number. If it's a fountain like of water shoot up through the rock. Yeah, but I'm talking yeah. ginormous spout of water. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking they like go, a big whale is there. <laughs> yeah, huge, huge amounts of feet into the air. Yeah, and and it's just <laughs> mind-blowing because it's so beautiful. And it's so, the sound of it, I think, is amazing. So we were so interested in, in the birds and the boobies, and he's explaining about their, you know, their mating rituals and their and how they're taking care of their babies. And actually, they they were taking care of babies. There was some we were there at the time of year where there was eggs and stuff. And then we were getting ready to, you know, to go see the really big albatross. And all of a sudden, we we're at this cliff, and you know, it was probably, gosh, how long was it? It was that was probably a two-hour hike, if I remember that right, because, you know, you're. You're definitely taking your time, and remember, guys, this is a, these are all just volcanic and harsh sort of islands. They're 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 not uh, they're not paved ever for any reason. Mm-hmm. So there's no paved things to walk on. You're walking on a trail, but it's a trail where you know it's all sort of uneven ground and rocks and cool stuff because that's we're literally walking in and amongst you know the the birds. Um, and all the wildlife. So somebody so, then with disability issues, with mobility issues, may have difficulty walking on the island. Yeah, yeah, and you know okay. that that day they told us well in advance would be one of our longer walks and also one of the tougher ones because it it was it was you know it wasn't a difficult hike but um, you know you just like you said you had to have sure footing and uh, mm-hmm. and it was just you had to pay attention where you're going that's all it's not difficult but it, you had to pay you had to pay attention. There were a few guests, um, and quite honestly, I don't know if they chose it because of mobility or they just plain old preferred to do something else. But whenever they can, the guides will always give options to our guests and say, anyone that wants to go on option A, which might be this longer walk that I went on, um, will go with Alex or you know, whoever's leading that one. And if you prefer instead to um, you know to sort of cruise along the shore or walk along the beach, because, guys, there is always, always, stuff to see and take up and learn about and look at. There's there's nowhere on these islands where you're going to be going, uh, Bully, Alex, wh- why are we here? <laughs> I don't see anything. <laughs> You'll never, ever say that. So when they give you options, please know that they're giving you great options and you're not going to miss out on or you know lose out on anything. It's just a different way to see the islands. So on that day, I'm glad awesome. you asked, Helen, there were... There were people that jumped into the Zodiac and the Pangas, and what they did is they kind of cruised um, around, and then they did a little bit of a uh, of a beach walk and did it that way instead. So usually usually there's options when they can. Um, same thing with snorkeling. If you don't want to snorkel, you don't have to. It you know, but it's a good you know 40 to 50 percent of what you're going to see in the Galapagos is underwater. Um, so it certainly behooves you to to take a peek if you so feel inclined. Um, but again, you don't have to, and there's lots of other ways to see it. Yeah, honestly, the sea life is so close to the surface, you you really could sit in a panga and see it and be uh, just amazed. 
but to swim with the green sea turtles and to swim, you know, with the with the sea lions, that's different than looking at them, I think. Um, oh, absolutely. It would be a completely yeah. different oh. experience. I think that's different. Um, but so so back to my day. So then we did our amazing hike, and again, what a that just blew my mind because of um, the, all the birds that we saw, and I just fell in love with all of them: Lufa de Booby, the Nazca Booby, the uh, waved albatross, um, which is an incredible, incredible creature. Um, and oh, and then you know we and there there was a part of the trail that was literally just talk about sheer cliff drops oh my gosh so much fun we were well back in the back of it you know and that was flat land where we were but it just was the part of the island where the cliffs were just the most intense kind of thing yep. and the really fun surprise when we got there was to see the uh, marine iguanas and if you have not seen them they are um, very very black they're like literally the same color as a lava rocks because mother nature is very clever um, so they're all black. And then, again, because what, for whatever reason Mother Nature is clever, some of them have a little bit more um, of a reddish chest and front uh, than others. So some of them are a little bit more colorful, and these guys were the ones that were just a little bit more colorful. Um, and they were all perched mm-hmm. on what you swear was, you know, a life-threatening grip on the rocks at the edge of the cliff, which, of course, for them is just another day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just yeah. another boring day on the cliff for me, um, but they were sunning themselves, you know, kind of getting their getting their warmth. And then the really neat part was we saw one actually leave his precarious position on the cliff, which we swear we didn't know how he was doing to begin with, and then just like it was nothing, climbed down, which literally had to be a straight drop. He climbed down, and we kind of peered over, you know, a little bit, and we saw him. Which, which by this point he was a tiny little speck, we saw him dive into this little sort of protected um, tide pool, for lack of a better term, uh, yep. you know, at the bottom of it. And we were all like, how did he do that? I mean, that is Mother Nature is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and we were just there hanging out like like it was cool. We were in his backyard kind of thing. It just was really special. So that was that, that was just the morning. And then we went back to the ship um Freshened up, and actually by then, you know, it was it was time to, for uh, for lunch. Um, we had a amazing lunch, and I uh, we had ceviche so often. I'm sure we had ceviche that day because I know because it's my very favorite thing, and it was awesome there. Oh, I love um, ceviche. I know it's fantastic. Talk about fresh too. Uh, and mm-hmm. then we had um, a little bit of a siesta time because again, when you're when you're taking those. Um, you know, either multiple outings in the morning if we go out several times before lunch or just one kind of big longer one in that sun. It is nice, honestly, to have a great meal, refresh, rehydrate, and uh, have a little bit of downtime. So I think it's about 45 minutes to an hour of kind of siesta time. And then we get cool. right back up, uh, reboard those pangas, and we uh, and we zoomed off. But the afternoon we went snorkeling. That oh, was awesome. Fun. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. So when and, you went snorkeling, you know, what what animals or sea creatures did you get to swim with? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I might mix up my days now, but I'll just kind of tell you the the sort of the summary because again, each each snorkeling experience honestly was so different from the next one. It was it was really cool. Um, we snorkeled uh, for creatures. We for the best one by far for us was swimming with the sea lions. That was really funny because oh, they're. Cool. You know, they're just as silly as you see, you know, in SeaWorld or wherever. Wherever you've seen them on TV or National G shows, they are just as silly as you've seen them. 
But what <laughs> what was unexpected was, uh, you know, we're all like, you know, just trying to swim really respectfully and be so, you know, stoic and calm around them. Like, okay, I'm not really here. I'm just checking you out. And Alex comes up from the snorkeling water and all of us pop up and we're like, what? And he's like, guys, have some fun. <laughs> You're swimming <laughs> with sea lions. Go play because the more you play, the happier they get and you'll you'll see them do more tricks in the water. And he goes, watch. So he went down in the water and he just started, you know, spinning around and just, you know, just having fun, just doing his own thing. And sure uh-huh. enough, like four sea lions zoomed over to him and they were like, what? This guy's so fun. And they were swimming over him, under him, around him, you know, never never touching him, but just having fun being, you know, swimming with him kind of thing. Yep. And so we uh, we decided, you know what? I Yeah, geez, I guess we can have a little more fun. You know, we were just trying to be so well-behaved, you know, because there's an animal close <laughs> and we're kind of trained to be like, okay, you know, be quiet. <laughs> Don't disturb them. <laughs> You're underwater you have to be quiet. <laughs> That's right, but he's like, no, no. You want to do that every other creature except this one. This one you can actually just do your have fun and and you'll see that they'll want to play with you. So anyways, it was really fun. Um that was a that was a really good thing. And then some of the coral reefs that we were able to snorkel in were just uh just eye candy for lack of a better term. Again, very technical eye candy. But uh you'd literally put your Love mask the in the water. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh and it would just light up with colors of just surgeon fish and um you know that oh my gosh there's a there's a really gorgeous fish and it's the um it's the hieroglyphic hawkfish and it's uh and i i know because it's all my favorite colors in one it's like a aqua blue and a really cool green and then it has white stripes that are the hieroglyphic sort of pattern on it and then there's slightly darker purplish blue it's just it's a stunner of a fish and it's gorgeous to see um, and then the chocolate chip sea star, which I have to admit was um, was exactly how it sounds, is how it looks. It's uh, it's like a chocolate chip cookie dough color in the shape of a of a, a sea star, um, and then it what looks like chocolate chips all all over its back. Just I'm sitting here looking it. at a picture of it right now, and it's sort of like you want to pick it up and eat it. You do. You're like, oh, my God, and you kind of want to touch them and go, those probably are chocolate chips. I'm pretty sure Alex just swam over here, and he probably just put chocolate chips on this poor thing just as a silly thing. But, no, <laughs> it really it is exactly how it got its name. Uh, it is a chocolate chip sea star, which I did clarify with my youngest who went was with us, and he was eight at the time. Um, I did clarify with him because he also loves chocolate chips that it, in fact, was not a chocolate chip <laughs> and should not be touched. It was simply a really cool name. Um, but those are beautiful. And I think they're bright yellow color with the dark brown, and you put that in the backdrop mm-hmm. of this hieroglyphic, you know, uh, hawkfish, and then your surgeonfish, and and then you have things that are just the coral orange, and you're just like, holy cow, this is so beautiful. So doing that was really fun. And then on the beginning of the trip was the opportunity to swim with the green sea turtles too. So I mean, gosh, they're all so different. Um, and then, oh, we did another one, which um, which was a, uh, oh, there is a technical term for it. I need you snorkelers out there to help me with this. Um, and I'm going to just describe it because it's an easy name, and I just forgot it. It was on the tip of my tongue. It's a snorkeling where you are in the ocean, you drop off of your penga, and there is a very, very, very slow current 
But what it does is you just sort of float, and it might even be called a floating snorkel. I have to think about that. Um, you float, and this super slow, gentle current just kind of very slowly moves you along, and it's the right pace because you have plenty of time to look and take everything in, and it's so it's a weak current, so if you want to stay somewhere, you just tread water like you normally would, and you just hang out and look at whatever it is you want to look at. But you don't really have to worry about swimming. You just sort of hang out. Lazy, and it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually super relaxing because it's like, it does all the work for you. And then there's other snorkeling where you are swimming and it's you are, you are powering your own movement. But I really enjoyed the, um, oh, gosh, that's such an easy term. I'm going to call it the floating snorkel, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that's that not correct. That works for me because I have no uh, idea yeah, what Yeah, you get the idea, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the, uh, it, it just is really fun because you sort of lose yourself and say, okay, I'm going to just let, let, let this take me. And I think for me, it just really let me enjoy what I was seeing because I didn't have to worry about where I was going because it uh, was just straight ahead. <laughs> it was very cool. easy. So, uh, and again, remember, you have your naturalist guides are in the water with you, um, and they are helping spot things and find things and interpret things. And you can choose to hang out with your naturalist and hang on every single word he or she is saying, you know, Alex or Christina or Bully and just do everything with them, or you can choose to kind of come back and forth, go off on your own, come back, go off on your own, come back. Or you can just jump in the water and be like, I got this. And, you yeah. know, you are just kind of do your own thing. So it's very casual in terms of how you would like to experience it, but I love that you can truly get as much information and detail as you possibly can from these three amazing guides. Um, and remember, our guides are local from the Galapagos, and they are all college-educated professionals, but they've been doing this their whole life because they love where they come from, they love their heritage, mm-hmm. and they are very committed to um, helping protect and educate everybody about their beautiful Galapagos Islands. So they take a lot of pride, and I think that comes out in the trip in a really beautiful way um, because they are, they are truly really happy to share with you, and they and they want you to ask questions. They Mm-hmm. They love, trust me, we love to share and talk, as you can see I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm not a, I'm not a naturalist. I, I, like to, I like to ask questions. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's just so fun because you, you know, I always say you come back smarter than when you left. I mean, it's a, it's just a great way to travel. So, um, So that was fun. So we had a beautiful snorkeling afternoon. And then you come back on the evolution after again. And remember, you could have many different types of excursions during the day. I just highlighted a hike and a snorkeling, but we also mm-hmm. go to the Charles Darwin, you know, research station. We do other hikes. We do, you know, land tortoise hikes and Dragon Island and a whole bunch of different things and we do some village things. But those that was just the one my one favorite day, so I had to tell you about Espanola Island. <laughs> um and then we come back and then again you're you have time to, you know, relax have a refreshing drink. Uh, there's tons and tons of gorgeous public deck space on this beautiful boat, the Evolution. Um, but then everyone pretty much uh, meets up at the top deck, which is um, covered, but it's open air. And it mm-hmm. is a stunning view no matter where we are. It's just a 360 view of this gorgeous place you're in. Um, and they always have, always they have fresh juice of some kind. Um, they have a snack for us. I, they feed us so much. You're like, Really? I better get in that water and start snorkeling. 
And I better not do the floating one either. <laughs> you, I mean, they just feed you all the time. So you have another snack, uh, which is always good. And then, you know, you can have a cocktail of your choice or whatever. And then we kind of all hang out there and the guides come up. And, you know, sometimes you're still in your clothes of the day and sometimes you want to run down and just rinse off and come back um, before dinner. But it's just nice because you hang out and everyone kind of shares, like, their highlights of their day. Because remember, if you went and had a, you went on the panga and someone else went on the land, you can kind of share your different experiences. Or mm-hmm. if you went with Bully and I went with Alex, well, we saw different things because we were in different groups, you know, kind of thing. Yep. It's it's really Plus fun. And it's just a nice have their, their own favorite things they like to point out as well, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yeah. you get to bond with the with the guests. And we just had... We just had the best, best, best combination of guests on our crew. I mean, everybody was so lovely and was so interesting, and we were all there to enjoy it, and it was just a lovely, lovely um, uh, environment on the ship. So we had a lot of fun. And then then we go to dinner. Uh, Oh, sorry, that's a false alarm there. Can't feed you yet again. (laughs) No, then we go to the lecture. And remember, I said we like to talk about sharing what we like. (laughs) So that is true. And so much more interesting when you have someone like Alex or Bully instead of me to listen to and tell you just, you know, about, honestly, the lectures cover the whole gamut. They cover culture, history. Um, honestly, I'm a bit of a geek, and I, I really loved Alex's lecture on the weather because it was fascinating in the Galapagos and the currents and how everything works together. Amazing. Um, and then, obviously, what, we're, what, we're gonna, what we did that day and talk about the species um, we actually had one of our luminaries on my particular voyage, Joan Embry, who is an, a rock star of a of a conservationist, and her entire life has been committed to um, to helping species all over the globe. She's amazing, so she was mm-hmm. with us, and she gave us um, her her lectures a couple different times in the in the evenings, um, and then we always Bully will always talk about like the next day, sort of the schedule, what to expect, what you might want to think about bringing with you in the morning so you can prepare it, you know, if it's a snorkeling option or if it's a land option and that kind of thing. Um, So he always gives us a preview of what we're going to be doing the next day. And then we head down to a wonderful dinner and eat some more. Um, And then at that point, (laughs) you know, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Eat some more. Uh, And then at that point, you know, you're welcome to hang out in the dining room as long as you like. Go back up to any one of the decks. Go up to the um, to the captain's you know area. It's open open deck policy up there, and chat with Captain Victor, whoever, and uh, or just hang out on the on the deck, or just you know go in your cabin, read read a little bit, and go to bed, or or whatever. But it's free time after that. Um, but remember, we're getting you up as I just now remembered by 7 a.m. to have breakfast. So um, you're sort of happy to. Uh, to go to bed, um, you know, a little bit after dinner. And dinner is not at 6 either. You know, dinner is a little bit later, so it's uh, it's it's been a day. But it's um, so I love every day because it's different. Okay. So you've mentioned a couple of times about the evolution, and the evolution is obviously the ship that, that you cruise around the Galapagos on. So tell us about the evolution. How many, peop- how many passengers are on there? Because you've talked about how you'll come back and you share about different things, and it almost... It makes it sound like there's a lot of people on there, but the evolution doesn't take that many people, does it? <laughs> I'm glad you said that because you know, I for me, I'm like, oh, I know, it's only 32. It's 32 passengers. I mean, that, honestly, this this voyage for international expeditions, this is IE's biggest trip we do. Whoa, at 32 people. So, 
I wow. IE does that for, yeah, but we do that for a very, very specific reason, and it's completely by choice. We we choose to travel in these really small groups, and especially when you're going to somewhere like the Galapagos Islands, when you are in a small group, what that does is it allows you to be really flexible. And remember, this is expeditionary travel style, so we we have a an agenda every day of what we're going to do, but... Mother Nature is Mother Nature, and trust me, every day Mother Nature is going to throw something really cool in there to do, but if you're a big group, it's really hard to take advantage of those sometimes because it's the logistics of, well, how do I get and communicate with 500 people or even even 100 or 200 people uh, mm-hmm. that they all need to go out back and look over this side of the deck or get on the panga because we just saw something? It, by the time yeah. everyone's done, that thing is gone. So when you only have 32 people, it's pretty much Stamp Bowley would stand up and say, guys, you know, Captain Victor just said he saw this on the port side. Let's go. And we just sort of heard and follow Bowley like a little herd element and go. <laughs> yeah, no one misses, or, you know, or hop on the so when you go, oh gosh, so when you go, on, go. So when you go onto the excursions on shore or in the pangas, how many people are there per group per guide? Oh, excellent question. So the, the we have two pangas, and remember we have the 32 guests. So um, at most we would have uh, 16 guests on each panga, and then you're going to mm-hmm. have your naturalist guide with you, um, and the guides are there to guide and interpret and take care of getting you on and off the, the panga safely. So we always have a panga uh, professional and certified panga driver. Um, and then depending on where we're, like if we're snorkeling, then we also bring an extra staff for um, for safety because, remember, your naturalists are in the water with you. So yep. then for safety protocol, we have extra staff come and stay in the pangas um, and are ready for anything at that point. So, um, so again, your your group, uh, our, and our ship was full. I mean, it was all 32 people. It was completely full. So, um, so we would break up. But we also had the three naturalists. So, um, and whenever we're full, we will have uh, three people, three guides on the evolution. And so we would actually break up into three different groups. So your groups were even smaller. So an average group was, you know, 10 to 12. Because you know, we could choose what you wanted to do. It was never forced. Mm-hmm. It was never, a, sorry, yeah. I'm full. I already have 10 people. Um, you could choose whatever you wanted to do. But I would say we probably averaged anywhere from 8 to 12 people in a group, um, you know, doing our thing. Excellent. And um, one question that always comes up is dietary needs. Those that have food allergies or special dietary needs, how flexible are the kitchen staff to be able to cater to those? Mm, Excellent question and a really important question. Thank you, Helen. Um, We actually had, uh, gosh, a definite handful. I I would probably say off the top of my head, I think I remember three to four passengers who did have specific dietary needs. And what IE does ahead of time is they will work with your travel advisor um, and say, okay, you know, I'm going to uh, please have your client fill out this uh, information form. And it's, and it's really specific questions. And one area that we cover in, in good detail is, you know, health and medical and allergies. So we ask ahead of time what sort of dietary restrictions um, a guest might have and then we communicate that to our our ship and our captain uh, well in advance so they get all the proper supplies. Um, And then what will happen is the hotel manager on the ship will get with those specific guests ahead of time before the meals Mm -hmm. are served and review what 
their options are and double check that what they have prepared or are thinking of preparing is okay, appropriate, and acceptable, and they are excited to eat it. You know, because um, awesome. trust me, yeah, they the you know chefs they they don't just want to make an adequate food presentation because there might be a dietary. Um, you know, restriction or an allergy that might not allow a specific ingredient, they want to razzle mm-hmm. and dazzle you. So you're not going to get, oh, yeah. you know, porridge <laughs> for your... <laughs> I mean, it's it's really fun, you know, to... Uh, Nothing like a good bowl of porridge first thing in the morning. <laughs> well, Six that's ribs and lasts the day. <laughs> that's actually, that does. I, it's, I start my day the same with my oatmeal. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so it, <laughs> they take it very seriously because they want to make sure they're you know, adhering to whatever your dietary needs are. But by the same token, they also, trust me, they they want to make you feel just as special and just as delighted to see your meal arrive as everybody else. So um, it will never be like, oh, wow, yep. Looks <laughs> 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 like they're having something else. Um, so, yeah, but they, they do take a great amount of uh, effort in that. And then, of course, remember, you have the sort of double, triple insurance because our your expedition leader, so for me that was Boley on my trip, he also is responsible for making sure that, you know, and these sheets are detailed, guys, so it's your dietary restrictions, anything medical, but also really importantly, they want to know what do you want out of your Galapagos experience with us? What? How can we make sure that we are literally fulfilling your dreams and your expectations. Tell us what you expect and tell us what you want. And so they really take those sheets very seriously and they take an enormous amount of pride in making sure that they are successful in in meeting and exceeding your expectations, um, both for safety, obviously, but really they want to make sure that you are really, really enjoying your Galapagos experience, because it often is the trip of a lifetime, and uh, and that's exactly what they want you to remember it as. So they're very vested awesome. um, in doing that. Yeah, I have to tell you, it it really um, it's something about in in general. Just the Latin American culture is so very warm and welcoming, and just such a, a wonderful hospitality sort of um, environment. But mm-hmm. beyond that, there's just so much pride and passion in sharing their culture and their Galapagos Islands and the history and just the information, uh, obviously, that's that all the way back to Darwin and before, you know, um, to experience. So, But there's a lot of pride in that, and I think that pride and that passion of being so excited to do it, like it, mm-hmm. every time the sun comes up, they're just as passionate and as excited as they were the day before because every day, guess what? Every day is is not the same for them by any stretch because Mother Nature is so glorious. She changes things up all the time. So yeah. you know they just they get as excited as we do to see the blue-footed boobies because they're always seeing them do different things in different places and different lighting and different times of year and different mating things and it's just it's never the same. So I, I think they really get excited about that and that's uh, that's contagious. I mean we definitely all. We're so excited to watch Bully get excited. I mean, <laughs> you know, so now I know because you and I have spoken before, and of course we did the video, and you told the story on the video. But I want because people are just saying, "Oh yeah, they have got the questionnaires. Yeah, they take them seriously." But I don't think people understand just how seriously um, the guides take these 
questionnaires. So can you tell us the story about the woman and who wanted to do the snorkeling? She wanted to make this the trip of a lifetime. Because oh, I, I think that. that there would highlight just how seriously these guides take these questionnaires and why it is so important to fill them out before you go. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I love that story. That's a delight to share. Of course. Thank you. Um, this, this, I'm gonna get, I'm getting goosebumps already because this is, this is something that I witnessed on my specific trip, and it was really um, such a joy because obviously I, I took great pride in that it was international expeditions um, that was, that was responsible for making it happen. But it was just the most beautiful human interaction that I've seen, and I just, I really loved it. So here we go. So um, we arrived and. Uh, Everyone had filled out, you know, their sheets. And um, there was a, a lady uh, with her uh, husband. It was a very special trip for them. It was a trip of a lifetime that they had, you know, said, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this, and we're going to do it now. So they had really been looking forward to it. And on her sheet, she had mentioned um, that she really, although she had never, ever in her life snorkeled, she knew that this was a very special place to enjoy amazing snorkeling because she had read about, you know, snorkeling with the sea mm-hmm. lions and the sea turtles and the coral, you know, reefs and just the amazing things that you can see. And she thought, you know what, this is a big deal and I can't miss it. So I, I, I would like to snorkel. But just a little P.S. I, um, I am a little bit. Yeah, I'm very respectful of the water. Um, I'm, I'm not super comfortable in it, but I, I really would like to learn to snorkel. So Bully, of course, cool. had all this dance and said, okay, man, this is going to be awesome because she's excited to see what I already know is amazing in, in these waters that I'm about to show her. So, um, you know, he, I think, had conversations with her before our first snorkeling thing, and she's like, you know what, I know I said that on my sheet, but I kind of in hindsight, I think I'm just probably going to skip it because I'm pretty nervous, and I just realized, that we're sort of in the middle of the water. <laughs> I also sort of realized that maybe I that isn't such a good idea anymore. But, you know, it was a nice thought, but I, I think I might just skip it. And Bully looked at her and he goes, no way, not, not with me. And so he said, I'll tell you what, if you will trust me, I would love to work with you, and I promise you, if you will trust me, we will work together and we will have you by the end of this voyage. You will be in the water on your own, happily snorkeling away like you've been doing it your whole life. And she's like, <gasps> okay, first of all, yeah, fat chance. <laughs> um, but, yes, I trust you, and I'll I'll give it a shot. But just know, I, I just know that I, I, I truly, I, I really am not very comfortable in the water. So just, just know that. And he's like, no, I get it. I completely understand. We're going to do it. So um, so literally throughout the course of the week, what happened is it, and it, it was cool because it kind of evolved into like a whole team approach um, with this lovely, lovely woman. So she truly was really not very comfortable in the water, and that was, that was evident. So Bully started from the very, very beginning, and he let her put her in um, obviously the life vest, but he also had the, you know, the life ring, and then there was sort of an additional um, flotation device that she could use. So she really kind of had three things keeping her going and didn't even talk about really the breathing and the mask just yet, just getting her in the water, really yeah. let her be comfortable, stayed right with her. You know, so we had other we had our other two guides in the water, we had extra safety people, so it, we could afford for, um, 
you know, for Bowley to, to be with this guest. And, of course, he's interpreting and doing stuff the whole time, but he's with her right by her side. And then he kind of got her introduced to the whole mask and snorkel-wearing thing and still wearing all of the flotation devices, and that was okay. And then, then you know, and then the next time you might see her um, with all of the flotation devices, but Bowley would sort of casually say, well, let me just hold the ring and come over here for a second, and I'll, I'll hold the ring for you, but you come over here, and I, I just want to show you this. And she would be really relaxed, and she would let go of the ring, and she'd have her flotation things on, and she'd be right next to Bowley, but she would let go mm-hmm. of the ring. And then he would do this with her, and then um, and then she kind of said to him one day, look, I know we're making progress, but I don't think I'm going to make it by the end of the week, like actually snorkeling, because I don't think I'm... I'm progressing enough, and he's like, "You're doing fantastic." And I tell you what, you're, uh, you're, it's going to work. You just keep up with me, and we're going, it's going to work. And so Bully kind of shared this with Victor, who's our, who's the captain of our voyage. And um, Victor said, "You know what, Bully? I, I think that's just amazing, and I, I want to help." And and Bully's like, "Fantastic." And he goes, "You're right. We can't let her leave our gorgeous Galapagos Islands and not appreciate what is underneath this beautiful, you know, hull of this boat." So um so he got involved and between the two of them so that let Bully like you know be out with the other guests a little bit too off and on and so Victor would be with her and between the two of them literally got her um for just the they got rid of the life ring entirely and just had the flotation device then she just had the one you know life jacket on with her snorkel on and the mask in the water and then by the end of the week um you know she was snorkeling you know, by her, on her own. But the bully was not next to her. Victor was not next to her. She was snorkeling. She was putting her mask in the water and picking up, going, you guys got to come over here and check this out. And, you know, seeing stuff. (laughs) Kind of really losing herself. You know, it was amazing. And But it was just this whole week's evolution of working with her and just making her feel really comfortable and really cared for and respecting that she was at her own pace, but just trying to give her opportunity to to see if she could just do mm-hmm. a little bit more each time. Um, and yep. I love that Captain Victor was like, "Oh, this is so amazing! I have to, I have to help with this because she she can't go home unless we help her. I mean, this is it. She's got to mm-hmm. come on another cruise." So, um, so what was really special though was we sort of quietly watched all this, and we were just so happy for her. And we're all like, "Oh my gosh, she did so awesome today!" and at the end of the week, um, at the farewell dinner, she um, she stood up and uh, oh, and I'm gonna lose it now. She uh, she stood up <laughs> and she could barely speak. And she goes, I I wrote this speech, but I I'm too I'm too I'm too emotional to read it. But she just looked at Bowley and Captain Victor and and just said, You've given me the gift of my lifetime that I will never ever forget. And it's something that I really didn't think would be possible for me to enjoy and it's a gift that is just precious and all of us oh. started crying because we were like oh my god that was <laughs> and then Bowley started tearing up and um but it was just so special because you could see the just the the really the just the caring i guess is the best word behind mm-hmm. it all and you know and at any time she could have said you know what guys i so appreciate your time and effort but seriously i think we're just going to call it off and you know they would have said, "Oh, okay, man. I mean, it's your choice." But yeah, you know they kept saying, "You're doing so great, and every day you're making so much progress. This is fantastic. You know, just stick with us." And they and they just always made sure that they, you know, they had her trust, um, and that they did everything awesome. they said they were going to do. They never ever 
ever deviated from what they explained to her they would do, and, and it was just a beautiful thing. So that's my story. It's lovely. That that's, is that's such her, an amazing story. Um, and I love the fact that they took the time um, to make sure that, you know, it's, it's like nobody's left behind. You're coming out here to experience yeah. the beautiful, our beautiful islands, and we're going to make sure that you have that adventure that you're looking for. I think that is um, a testament to the guides that you have. That what's an amazing job that um, International Expeditions has done of selecting the right people to show off these islands so well. Um, I can't wait to get down there and, and meet these guys and and oh, have my own experience down there. So oh, it's been on my it's been on my list for a while. I mean, I, just, as, I as stumbled it, across the video of these little blue-footed boobies doing their little yeah. mating dance. I thought, I've got to go see these things. That's a <laughs> if I see nothing else but the blue-footed boobies doing their little dance things, I'm happy. <laughs> but the more I've got to know about the Galapagos, it's sort of like, okay, now I want to see the tortoises. I want to go swimming with the sea lions. I want to go see this yep. hieroglyphic fish. Um, I would definitely oh. want to go see the chocolate chip the sea star. Mm-hmm. And yep. <laughs> So now my list is growing to things I want to experience now and which means for me it'll have to be snorkeling, and I'm like the other lady, I'm not too comfortable in water. I had a fear of water for oh, a lot of years, well, hey. slowly getting over it, and I know that um, okay, if I, I just know, hey, for you. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? By then I could be snorkeling already, so who knows? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, yeah, and I and I, I appreciate that you that you said that because I think – there's a lot of there's a lot of choices to go explore the Galapagos. There's there's mm-hmm. different suppliers that offer different styles and different ways and different means. And you clearly want to go with a reputable company that has professionally trained guides. So you can really under get the most knowledge. But the differentiation I love about international expeditions guides are that it's that level of, of being passionate about where they're from and what mm-hmm. they have to offer and share, but also being equally as passionate about really delivering down to an individual guest, you know, dream and, and wishes. Just yeah. really being conscious of it and sincerely caring that it comes true. Absolutely. And that's, um, that I think is what's going to, is what sets international expeditions apart is that, and the fact that you guys have such a small, I mean, 32 people mass, ma- maximum for the mm-hmm. on the cruise ship, I yep. think that is awesome because it, it allows them to make sure that each person has that experience of a lifetime that they want to have, and they're not lost right. in crowds of you know ninety, um, one hundred and thirty, right. whatever. Um, right. So I like that. Um, now we're going to get to the other part, which which I absolutely love too, because I know that right now international expeditions have some great deals going on for the Galapagos, and people yeah. are out there probably thinking, oh my gosh, I want to go, I want to go, and they're probably thinking it's really expensive. But when you have a look at it and what's offered and everything else, it is not that expensive. No, um, I mean, no. I've been sitting here looking through the brochure with the pricing, and I know that you guys have a phenomenal deal right now on the 2015 departures. And yes, my listeners, you did hear me correct. Interna- International Expeditions has some space left on their 2015 departures because we know others do not. So if you want to have a really cool experience with a small group of people with guides who will make sure that you have a, a, um, a trip of a lifetime, what deals do we have going, Kristen? 
We have wonderful deals. And you know what? I would also be super remiss um, if I did not mention that because of all the things Helen and I just talked about, um, about International Expeditions, Galapagos Voyage, I um, I should have started by saying that, um, Helen, We in, in November we uh, were informed that we won Cruise Critics' um, 2014 editor's pick for, um, for uh, uh, expeditionary uh, cruising. So for the Galapagos Sweet. Voyage. Oh yeah, awesome. yeah. So um, we were recognized for that specific uh, specific voyage, which is great because, as we just said, there are lots of options. Um, everyone kind of wants to try dip their toe in the Galapagos waters, but we've been there, guys, for 34 years now. So we we know it. We've always been there, and uh, and we're it's like our backyard. So it's fun. Um, so in terms of specials, yes, uh, the base price is. Um, is uh, 52.98 uh, per person, but there are for 2015. Again, it's a little unusual that we have space um, for the current year that we're in because typically we we sell out fairly quickly. Um, but we do have some departures that have that we're offering a $1,500, and you heard that right, $1,500 um, off per person. In addition per to person? that, each person. So that's $3,000 yep. per couple. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and each person gets a $500 travel certificate for uh, they can use on a future international expeditions trip. So we know you're going to fall in love with traveling with us, so we want you to come back, and there's a little something to get you started. Um, and there are a couple of departures. Uh, we and I, I can, Helen can, you know, list them for you on her um, on her blog. But mm-hmm. uh, we have one in uh, one in March, April, um, May, and June. So just that one departure. Uh, those departures for uh, for the early part of the year. So that's a really wonderful thing. Uh, and then actually for anyone out there who is um, likes to travel um, uh, as a single, uh, we do have a no single supplement offer as well. Um, and that Woo-hoo! is on our, yeah, I know. You know what? I'm so happy that uh, that we're committed to, to helping people that travel on their own because there's so many, and I. It's always kind of a bad feeling that you know to to pay extra just because you're traveling on your own. Um, so yeah. it is not true for December departures because that's our peak, 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 peak season. Um, but January through November, um, on a space available basis, you know, the up until weekends, we can't say yes anymore. Um, we have no single supplements. Basically, in all of our departures, you just um, you know, as long as the space is there and we can do it, we're going to do it. Um, and that's a big change because you'll notice a lot of companies will say, you know, oh, we we have a very small and strict allotment, you know, of a no single supplement, yep. and it's usually a tiny, tiny, tiny number. And traditionally, nobody, nobody ever, ever went over that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I mean, just the, just having us um, uh, so, um, for the solo travelers to go to the Galapagos and having that no single supplement. I mean, that is huge. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's, a, it's that about four hundred dollars. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's I mean that's, that's so, huge so that's, for that for them mm-hmm. to be able to do that because so many people who are who travel um who like to travel by themselves those solo travelers they want to go to the Galapagos but they don't want to pay double I or know. the extra supplement or whatever well, it does? is. Right? Yeah. I know. Yeah. But I mean on sometimes you know they're sort of like oh it doesn't matter because I'm only going to the Caribbean or I'm going to <laughs> Europe so it's not so bad. But when it comes to something like um the Galapagos something they really want to do they're sort of like oh I really can't afford to go because I've got to pay this extra supplement yeah. thing. And then when you turn around and tell them you don't have to, they're like, yay! I know, right? <laughs> yay! <laughs> yeah, 
it's like it's like a holiday. So yeah, so I yeah. I am really pleased that IE has committed to that, and I I love that. So those are those are the specials, and Helen can help you um can help you with those. But just to kind of get them out there, so you know what to ask Helen later. Um, those are those are what we're offering. So really uh, really fun. Well, yeah. We're, we're, believe it or not, we have done an hour. <laughs> <laughs> How do you and I do this every time? <laughs> I don't know. So if you would like more, so Kristen, first of all, thank you so much for coming back on and talking about the Galapagos. Um, it is just, and it sounds like an incredible place. The pictures I have seen from there are amazing. I cannot wait to get down there and um, and experience it for myself. And if anybody would like to know more about the Galapagos, please go to connectwithhelen.com, and there you can pick your own day and time for for us to get on the phone with you. We can talk to you about the Galapagos. We can work out what is the best time for you to travel there, um, and we can get you all set up on that, answer any questions that you have. And um, Kristen, thank you again. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to be on the radio show with us, especially for an hour. So that is a a double thank you um, since we doubled the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just doubly happy. As you can tell, uh, Helen and I have a a grand time talking together, and um, she knows that I, I feel very passionate about uh, both my companies and uh, and what they do, and this this particular Galapagos voyage with IE is just again, once you meet Bolay and Alex and Christina, and you're there in the middle of it, taking it all in, you're just you're in heaven, and it's uh, it's it's truly a gift. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Kristen, and for everybody else, heck on era. Thank you, guys. Good night.